Hello everyone, welcome to Hash It Out. I'm Medha, back at it again. For this podcast, we will focus on an issue basic to our functionality. Food. Everyone loves food, don't they? I'm a foodie. I don't know about you guys. We will discuss food insecurity among the student population, the factors, global view and campus efforts to fight it. Today, I'm joined by my beautiful and lovely co-host, Bilin. How are you doing, Bilin? I'm pretty good. I'm just a little bit, you know, I'm just a little tired, have a congested nose. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling that great, but I'm here. I'm surviving. Yeah, if I feel like past midterm week, like my midterm week, I think I'm just I'm just surviving this. I just hope that comes the point in like hopefully this week or next week where I feel like, yeah, I have to sort of you know, be happy about like being a college student and <laughs> not like be happy about managing so many commitments together. But I mean, at least we have Thanksgiving coming up. We have that break. Yes, already. that break is necessary. I don't know what the hell like fall. I don't know what the fall break was. Like, what did they decide? Mm, Monday, like, <laughs> Friday, Saturday. Like, w- w- like w- how is it different than any other weekend? Like, I don't get it because you're not getting off work. It's just no classes. So like, work still continues. So, but there's that. Um, Getting back to our topic or diving deep into our topic for today, um, hunger refers to a personal physical sensation of discomfort, while food insecurity refers to a lack of available financial resources for food at the household level. For me, it is a state of having just enough food to eat, but always on the edge of losing that food and starving. According to a Harvard study, the percentage of U.S. households with children who are food insecure has doubled from 14% to 28% with the communities of color most affected. An additional 2.5 million children have fallen below the poverty line since May. Every day, 14 million children are going hungry. With many schools closed for in-person learning, limiting children's access to free or reduced price meals and high unemployment, children's food insecurity has grown to the highest level in decades. It is, it should be a national outrage that 14 million children are hungry in America. If we do not act swiftly, food security will harm a generation of children. That's absolutely terrifying. 14 million? That's like saying one out of six children. That's a lot of children. And if you really think about it, you never know who would be a part of that count. It could be a neighbor or even a classmate, honestly. I know that there are programs that try to help children and families, such as the National School Breakfast and Lunch Program, Summer Food Services, Women, Infants, and Children, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, known as SNAP, Uh, And many of these programs aim to provide food to those that need it in order to help solve this problem. They do this by providing meals, a food budget, or by putting together a food pantry. Although this does provide a great deal of help, there is a problem that comes with this. I'm not sure if you know what I mean, but you might. Yeah, I think with factors affecting food insecurity, there are a lot of overlapping in that issue where it's high un- unemployment in the society or that's housing insecurity. A lot of factors sort of contribute to that. Do you have anything more else to add to it? Yeah, if all these programs are aiming to aid low-income families, they want to look at your income and put you through a process, which isn't necessarily a big problem. Um, it's all good. However, it's just that a lot of programs have a strict guideline where they deny families food just because they make one to two thousand more a year. 
And I just don't understand how they can determine who really needs food if they don't know what that person is actually going through. Even in college, many of these students either are working and fully taking a role as a caretaker in their family or they are completely on their own. And in these circumstances, their income rate possibly isn't enough for them. And not forgetting the fact that college is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, that's entirely true. I think like unemployment can also negatively affect our household's food security status, you know, like even basic household food needs in addition to like children with unemployed parents have higher rates of insecurity than children with employed parents and race and ethnicity disparities exist related to food security too. Bilin, did you know that at IUPUI, 43% of our students face food insecurity? Like up to half of the nation's college students might struggle with insecurity, meaning that they often don't have access to food. The problem transcends geography as well as divides between the community colleges and four-year colleges, private and public, elite and non-elite. What you find at community colleges and state colleges and other places is chronic food insecurity, where not knowing where the next meal is coming from is more of everyday reality. But there's another type of food insecurity prevalent on campuses, which refers to as the episodic, that even on a well-resourced campus with dining halls, lower income students often struggle to feed themselves over vacation or notably shorter vacations like Thanksgiving or over spring break when dorms and dining halls often close. This is certainly a big problem. Students either get scholarships or take loans out to pay thousands of dollars for a meal plan and only not to be able to eat there during breaks. Many students face this problem, and to some students, they'll be excited for break to go home for the holidays without having to worry about when and where they'll have their next meal. However, to some other students, they fear this time coming because they'll go from stressing about grades to thinking about food. And this isn't only a problem for college students during break. This can also affect them during the academic year. Yes, I agree. I think most food insecure students are sort of faced with the issues of stigma and shame daily, which prevented from seeking any assistance from the people around them. Students who experience food insecurity are less likely to earn A's and more likely to earn B's, C's or even sort of lower. You know, it's hard to concentrate and it kind of explains or it's self-explanatory because it's hard to concentrate when you're hungry, like when you're not at your full like how are you gonna give your best like many college students struggle to even cover their basic needs and those who lack family support are especially likely to struggle to afford food or report sort of eating less have eating disorders or eating less healthy and going more hungry and like you said you know college like already affording tuition itself is the hardest thing over here let alone the mental health problems that come with those sort of issues and Food insecurity is associated with behavioral and attention problems as well as depression among college students of all ages. And data on sort of food insecurity among college students is limited, but it suggests that the issue is significantly more uh, pervasive than the national coverage. So while around 13% of U.S. households were food insecure pre-pandemic, campus studies suggested that 59% of the students experience food insecurity at some point in their college careers and it hurts sort of low income student chances from 
elementary school through college you know and kind of has a result on their professional goals their personal goals and how they are just getting through college in general yeah that definitely makes sense especially going back to the um the part where you were talking about how this does affect your mental health and you know your grade point average um i remember reading an article and it was by Asil L. Zane from the University of Florida. And they claimed that in a study with 900 students, 19% of whom were classified as food insecure, researchers found that students who did not have access to adequate food show significantly higher perceived stress and disordered eating behaviors and lower sleep quality. These students who were more likely to have grade point averages below a 3.0. According to Luke Wood of San Diego State University, 16% of black students and 16.5% of multi-ethnic students reported going hungry compared to 10.4% of Latino students and 9.2% of white and Asian students. The study show, suggests that some students who lack food may also lack stable housing or struggle with transportation and health issues. Yes, that makes absolute sense. I think with the college or what students face insecurity on campuses like lack of awareness about these challenges for like lower lower income students face once they're on campus truly hurts students ability to function as full members of the community you know food is such a it's it's not even like a want it's a need for a human body and the however the food security for people of color has increased has increased 25 to 30 percent compared to less than 10 percent in white American households. And in Indiana, in our state, one in seven Hoosiers is food insecure. A 2019 study by the Indiana University Public Policy Institute revealed that one in five RUPUI students face very low food insecurity, which is defined as regularly unable to afford adequate food. I, I remember, you know, going to different colleges, seeing my friends um, and spending the nights with them. And although they would have meal plans and whatnot, there were times where the meal plans, the the dining halls were open. So like we just have ramen or some chips or really calorie filled foods that were not um, very nutritious, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think for these students, cheap packages of ramen like aren't enough unless you want to toss in like, you know, fresh veggies, a can of chicken and a recipe for like pulling it all together. But like we are really hammering home like the USDA questions like what's it's it's not about when you last ate, but like what you ate. We, it's important to, you know, make people understand that good quality food is important for the brain health, like for education itself, to understand what's happening in your classes, to give your best during exams and like talk about people who need calories. Like you said, you know, like these may be the first people in their families to even go to school and they are using school to not only improve their lives, but their family lives too. They are struggling for calories itself. It kind of breaks my heart because... Yeah number one that they're trying to make a better life for themselves and like there is not much that across not just across all campuses to help so much of population and with RUPUI something that's kind of hard I would say or even as a SJS scholar like to bring social change in on our campus is like 
let's be honest about it our campus is a commuters campus you know yeah. like people just go in and go out and i have seen like the mentality of hoosiers in general is that they are just like our universities focused on education like educating and like spreading awareness and all that Not really but the outsider thing yeah, yeah exactly and the the problem is that people just come in like study and then they leave because it's a commuters campus so there's not much of i would say like even with social change because there are not many people who care about it to like get a change out of it because majority of the students are just here to study they're not here to like you know do like focus on other things or the ones who are privileged or who have all these needs with them they don't really care about you know like which is also not not their fault because it's a commuters campus but the mentality is more of just you know go to classes and then once you're done get back to it because there is no such thing as like we're not a college town we're not a you know like indi is a very big city yeah. and the city itself has problem of its own which kind of are reflective among our campus but that's something that's a very interesting thing that when we as scholars try to enforce change even with the tunnel of oppression like that's something that i kind of you know try to feel like okay it's a commuters campus like how many people are just going to walk past what our work and like what we are doing you know does that make sense yeah yeah like and speaking on the food topic it's just like if you go to go to the campus center there's like what chick-fil-a pizza hut i think it's pizza hut right yeah yes um sushi they have a little a snack store or whatnot mm-hmm. and panda express and they have a healthy uh, i mean considered to be healthy spot but then again it's just like all these places close at six o'clock for one and then we have the den we have dining hall and we have chancellors all these places you could definitely get food at but it's just like is it is it healthy you know it's not even you you have the one problem where it's like can you afford the food and then the other problem where is the food you know nutritious like is, is it good for you or are you just eating it to eat it um and then for people that don't live on i mean that live on campus like you said a lot of people here are just commuters and i live here you live here too and it's like if we wanted to get food we really couldn't go anywhere um where are we going to go to the gas station they're open at one o'clock I guess, like, you know, we're just studying. We get hungry. We mm-hmm. literally just have the gas station as an option. We don't have anywhere else to go to the, get food. Kroger is across the street, but they're they're closed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, like, pretty hard for us to get food. Like, we have to think ahead of time for what we want, and then we have to think about if it's healthy, especially, like, living in the apartments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's harder for us to, you know, ab- like, actually find and plan out um you know nutrient dense foods and i know it puts more stress on some students because they're already thinking about grades yeah. so it's just like oh okay i i'm either going to worry about this calculus test i have coming up or i'm about to worry about what i'm about to eat yeah. no cuz i'm definitely about to be worrying about the calculus test i'm yeah. i'll grab a pack of ramen <laughs> yeah and then i'll keep it pushing mm-hmm. like Yes. I don't know. It's just it's just very hard. Yeah, there are multiple sort of uh, barriers to food insecurity sort of including the difficulty of accessing these ben- like benefits and the stigma of it and you know students engage in the complex sort of time consuming strategies to secure food and they suffer a negative academic consequences including reduced focus on classwork and let's be honest like when I'm hungry I can't focus like can you focus when you're hungry? Not at all. Yeah, it's like my mind just goes everywhere and then I'm 
stressed out and like once then i get food then it's okay i can at least focus or do something so i'm talking about food insecurity among college campuses it's also important to sort of for me because i think this issue is kind of personal to my um i would say the place that i come from is india and the global view of food insecurity considering i so i volunteered in tamil tamil nadu is one of the states back home and i volunteered about 3 years ago over there with path foundation so path foundation is i would say it's an american research organization that collaborated with the tamil nadu government for ultra rice project so the way they are doing this there's a lot of malnutrition and like food insecurity in the state so what they were trying to achieve was um they would mix the i would say the minerals like artificial minerals or um high i would say proteinous or carbonate uh, grains with the normal rice so there was like a balance of like you know having high calorie and good food or like nutritious food that's going into people's body and i was volunteering over there and one of my jobs was to basically do a finger testing like um blood pricking like drop bloods like sports testing if that makes sense and i kind of saw a lot of a lot of pregnant women who were malnutritious like the fact that that entire scene was just devastating honestly to accept that that is like a reality of of the world right now like south asia alone contributes to 36% of the global food insecurity and the thing in the past 2 years something that we had like a beautiful thing that everyone i would say the entire world has been suffered from is covid-19 and during covid about like the number of people facing moderate to severe food insecurity increased by about 9.7% and the thing about india i would say or like my country in general that despite being like self sufficient in production of major food commodities like the problems of hunger and food insecurity are grave back home because of the widespread of economic distress high unemployment and high levels of inequality like a large proportion of poor is dependent on the informal economy in which incomes are too low and uncertain and un- unemployment rates have risen so sharply over the last few years that high and fluctuating food prices then shrinking public investment and the economic slowdown has sort of compounded this distress among the working class um with low and uncertain incomes families depend on informal economy who don't really have assured access to adequate and nutritious food so these sort of long standing problems are aggregated through the past 2 years because of lack of preparation to even deal with the pandemic and it's such a urgent i would say need for the government to establish systems for regular monitoring of the food in food security situation in the country because we have a population of like 1.3 billion people and it's a lot like do we have enough resources to even grow for so much of population and like how do we you know like tackle all of this like with almost 120 million tons of grain currently just with uh i would say with the governments it's it requires almost no additional resources so that's that's really the situation back home where a lot of a lot of other things kind of overlap with the situation and make food insecurity even worse of a problem than it already is 
No, definitely. And I think uh, the thing that you were talking about it might be called like plumpy nut or something like that. In Africa, that's what we use. Um, I'm not really sure what the name is there, but it's like a, a, a peanut butter paste. Um, and it's like wrapped with uh, other types of nutrient dense um like sugar, I don't know, things that like make it taste good. I'm not I don't really remember what it had in it, but I remember the name of it. Um and and like for me, like thinking about Ethiopia and the food shortage there, a lot of the the factors that come from that, it's from like drought and um like with tribal conflict because with tribal conflict there's there's fighting over land. With the amount of people there, it makes it even harder to share that food um, amongst the people and the farmers themselves. Um, and then on top of that, there's uh, population pressure and, like I said, drought. Um, so it's just like with the amount of people there, it's not it's not really that easy uh, to solve this problem. But then again, I, I don't live there and I've never like really stay there for a long time to see all the problems and to see um, how we can have solutions for them like Medha has. But at the same time, it, it's just like I know I know that there is a possibility of being able to fix this, um, you know, but I feel like everything starts from the inside out and it can't you can't just like attack the food situation by itself. Like for Ethiopia, and I know a lot of countries, honestly, um, you have to attack the inside problems, you know, governmental issues and all that, um, and then start working your way out. And then it'll be like not only a short-term solution, but it'll be a long-term solution. According to like Mercy Crops, currently more than 8 million people are estimated to be in need of food assistance in Ethiopia, and 4.5 million of whom are, you know, acutely malnourished. And like I said earlier, I know there's the, they use sugar or not sugar specifically, but sugary foods and paste to help those kids and families that are very malnourished to get them back to where they need to be. Yes, agreed completely. Talking about inside out and finding sort of resources for helping each other and helping the student population on campus itself. There's something called student advocacy and support. So um, OSAS. So about two weeks ago, we had a speaker, Ty Davis. She is the director for um, OSAS. And I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but we have something. We have a food pa- pantry on campus, which is pretty much, I would say, it's it's free. Like we have pause pantry, and then we have pause closet. So pause stands for providing advocacy with support. So it provides services and resources to IUPUI campus faculty and staff both on campus and in the community. It advocates for those who experience basic needs barriers, and it educates the campus and the communities on issues surrounding the basic needs in the higher education. So pause pantry. It's free, non-perishables, then fresh. Then dairy, frozen meals, household and hygienic products. It's weekly for students and I think it's twice a month for faculty and staff. It's in Campus Center 130, I believe, for more uh, the recent updates that they have. Like check out the Instagram page. They have announcements sort of bi-weekly, weekly or whenever they have something to give out. But and even boss closet, it's free for students. Sort of it's everyday attire and professional dresses. So 
Paws Pantry is, I would say, one of the best resources on campus in order to fight food insecurity. And the office of um, the OSAS. If you're listening to this and you need assistance in that area, please, like, come out. Like, uh, I know a lot of people feel shame when it comes to not having enough um, lack of resources and, like, they just feel embarrassed, per se, and don't feel that way because, especially if you're a student, you have more things to worry about than this. Like, you shouldn't be worrying about this. So, you know, just push your pride to, pride to the side, you know. Just in this case, if you need it, just come out. If you want us to help you get it, we can definitely do that. We can make some arrangements. Um, we can get people to get, you know, in touch with you. Um, but, no, they're always there. And they are they have, I think they have resources um, on IUPUI's website. I, is that what you said? Yes. So for Boss Pantry, like their fall 2021 hours are from Tuesdays is 9.30 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. And 1 to 4.30 p.m. It's students only. And Wednesdays, it's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Again, students only. And then on Thursdays, it's 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Then students, faculty, staff, anyone can sort of go in and access their, I would say, resources i know last year during covid i I believe it was campus kitchen um they made sustainable meals that they were giving out to all the students and i think that was that was one of the iupi sustainability office that they kind of paired and it was a really great initiative i'm not sure if they're continuing this this year um i didn't really see that um, initiative like I didn't see it on social media and I even when I tried to look it up I don't see it for this year but that is also one thing that I would say we can um, people on campus or students can access so yeah well that's it for this podcast thank you for tuning in I hope you catch our next episodes and definitely go back and listen to our past episodes have a great day